Uh, I'm going to move right into the sermon because we've been in Corinthians and the Lord told me to stay in this vein until he told me to stop. And after reading 1 Corinthians 4 this week, I thought it was time to stop. And I wasn't feeling it, if you will. But as the Lord began to deal with me this week, 1 Corinthians 4 is where we're at in our walk with him. 1 Corinthians 4 talks about what I just said today, just now. And so it's important that, that we get a hold of these things. The Corinthian church was going through a lot of things that we're going through, and we need to focus on the Holy Spirit leading us through those things. Um, I'm going to be reading out of the SV, and I'll be from 1 Corinthians chapter 4, and I'm going to read the whole chapter and, and go from there. While you're looking it up, uh, there's four points or five points that I want to draw out today. I'm really going to focus on the, the fifth one mainly, but we'll just kind of brush the four. But believers are stewards of the mystery of God. And, and we today, if you're a believer, inside, outside, or online, we are to be stewards of the ministries of God. Believers are required, responsible to reveal God's plan. The believer will experience suffering. And, and I wanna, I'm going to clear that up later, so don't get hung up on that and leave. Uh, the Holy Spirit will reveal, shed light on darkness and good things as well. And then operate in the power of the Holy Spirit. That's the five things that we're going to talk about today. Let us begin reading here in 1 Corinthians 4, 1. And I'll give you another second to look because I'm thirsty already. This is how one should regard us as servants of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Moreover, it is required of stewards that they be found faithful. But with me, it is a very small thing that I should be judged by you or by any human court. In fact, I do not even judge myself, for I am not aware of anything against myself. But I am not thereby acquitted. It is the Lord who judges me. Therefore, do not pronounce judgment before the time, before the Lord comes, who will bring light to the things now hidden in darkness and will disclose the purposes of the heart. Then each one will receive his commandment or, or commendation, excuse me, from God. I have applied all these things to myself and Apollos for your benefit, brothers, that you may learn by us not to go beyond what is written, that none of you may be puffed up in favor of one against another. For who sees anything different in you? What do you have that you do not receive, that you did not receive, if then you received it? Why do you boast as if you did not receive it? Already you have all you want. Already you have become rich. Without us, you have become kings. And with that, you did not reign, so that we might share the rule with you. For I think God has ex exhibited us as apostles at last, as last of all, like men sentenced to death. Because we have become spectacles to the world, to the angels, and to men. We are fools for the sake, Christ's sake, but you are wise in Christ. We are weak, but you are strong. You are held in honor, but we are desperate. To the present hour, we hunger and thirst. We are poor, poorly dressed and buffeted and homeless. 
and we labor working with our own hands. When reviled, we bless. When persecuted, we endure. When slandered, we entreat. We have become and are still like the scum of the world, the refuse of all children. For though you have countless guides in Christ, you do not have many fathers. For I became your father in Christ, for I became your father in Christ Jesus through the gospel. I urge you then be imitators of me. That is why I sent you, Timothy, my beloved and faithful child in the Lord, to remind you of my ways in Christ as I teach them everywhere in every church. Some are arrogant as though I were not coming to you, but I will come to you soon if the Lord wills, and I will find out not the talk of these arrogant people, but their, but their power. For the kingdom of God does not consist in talk, but in power. What do you wish? Shall I come to you with a rod or with love in, in a spirit of gentleness? Father, we come to you in Jesus' name today. And Father, we thank you for your word. And Father, we ask that uh, your word would be made alive in us. Father, we ask that we would receive your word today. Your word says that, that it will not come back void if we open our hearts. And so, Father, we open our hearts to you today and ask that you minister to us, that you speak in us. Uh, Lord, we ask that we hear what we need to hear as individuals today. And Father, that we correct, that we uh, are encouraged, that, that, that whatever your spirit needs to do in each individual life today, Father, we ask that your Holy Ghost would do that. But Father, we want more of you. We want to be led by you. Father, we want to be father, followers of you and teach us how to do that today. In Jesus' name, amen. We are stewards of the mysteries of God. 1 Corinthians 4, 1 and 2 shows us that as servants, Christ's servants, we are to be stewards of the mysteries of God. We talked about in 1 Corinthians 2, 7 that how the mysteries of God have been revealed through and by the Holy Spirit. And that's why it's so important that we are, are saved, water baptized, and baptized in the Holy Spirit so that the Holy Spirit can minister through us and that we can give out or show the mysteries of God to people. So if there's a situation going on in our life, we need Christ lifted up. We're led by the Holy Spirit. We go to prayer. We seek the word. And we get a revelation that God would reveal a mystery in his word, in his kingdom, that would lift us up. We are to announce God's wisdom to the people that are around us that we come into contact with every day. If you're like me, this world kind of gets crazy and it, it gets mixed up. It gets to where we're confused sometimes and we need to know and be reminded of the mysteries of God. And we get that through the Holy Spirit and his direction. Colossians 2, 2 says that their hearts may be encouraged, being knit together in love to reach all riches of full assurance of understanding and the knowledge of God's mysteries, which is Christ. We need to be seeking him to reveal himself to us, through us, to this world, especially now more than ever. Ephesians 1, 9 and 10 says, Known to us the mysteries of his will, according to his purpose, 
which he set forth in Christ as we planned for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. It's for now, people. Man, every one of us has something going on in our life that, 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 that I've heard many stories this week of how we need God to intervene in our life, and he is dying. Christ died to reveal the mysteries of God to us by the power of the Holy Spirit. And we must seek him. We must turn to him because, guys, we need it. Man, I've heard things that I could, I'll be honest with you. I told him I don't know what to tell you other than to pray and seek God. Because God will reveal his answer to you. And he will use us to reveal it to others. We need to walk in that as believers today. Two, we're required to be faithfully and to be faithful to revealing this plan. And verse 2 says, Moreover, it is required of stewards that we remain faithful. And verse 17, to teach them to the church the mysteries, the things of God. Everything that we're about, we're to teach to the church. We're in a crisis now, it seems like. Uh, COVID-19 seems to be a crisis. The ethnic divide seems to be a crisis. Many of us are being led by politicians. We're being led by Facebook. We're being led by the NFL, ESPN, CNN, Fox News. If you want advice, you can go out there and get all the secular advice you want to get. But I say today, are we being faithful to receiving the mysteries of God? Are we faithful to get on our knees and ask Jesus to move in our situation and to seek him through the word of God and ask the Holy Spirit to reveal himself to us? Paul was saying the church, we, we need to be following the Lord and the things of the Lord and not what this world is telling us. Colossians 2, 2 says at the same time, Pray also for us that God may open to us a door for the word to declare the mysteries of Christ on account of which I am in prison, that I may make it clear, which is how I ought to speak. Paul was in a crisis. He was in prison, and he was calling on God. He was going to prayer and being faithful to reveal the mysteries. Holy Spirit, reveal your mysteries, the things of God, so that I can walk through this time so that I can be led by your Holy Spirit, so that I will speak, as Paul said, what I ought to speak. Is that what we're seeking today? Holy Spirit, don't say a word through, or don't allow me say anything of my flesh, but let me speak what I ought to say, what is revealed by your Holy Spirit. In response to COVID-19, in response to the ethnic divide, in response to all the politics that are going on, the Christian, we need to take authority over what's going on in our life. And we started out this whole series clear back in the beginning. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of what? Power, what? Love and a sound mind. Through these times, we need to take the authority. 
No matter what's going on in this world, we need to take the authority of God in our, our lives and, and, uh, and call upon him and operate in his power, his love, and his sound mind. I hear it all the time now, Pastor, I'm losing my mind. I don't know what to do. Well, operate in the power of God. Take authority. Operate in love. If you can't do it in love, you're wasting your breath. And then you will have a sound mind. I got a text, and you guys are going to have to really think about this because I want to run it by Jim, and he just kind of looked at me. And so it may be a little deep today, but I got a text last night that, that I would sure, I'm just going to quote it, I'm sure ready for the Lord to intervene and make this stuff go away. And I mean almost immediately, the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, the Lord will let us decide when the COVID will go away. Did you get that? You're going to decide when it goes away because God has already given us power and authority. This ethnic divide, you're going to decide when it goes away in your life when you give over to the power and authority of God. All these things that, that we battle, we're going to battle until we give it over to the Lord and operate in his power and his authority. There's always going to be something we can hide from. We, we avoid people. Because we're scared of what they think about us. When we need to be operating in the power and authority of Jesus Christ. And revealing the mysteries of God to them. I texted my little boy. Actually, I talked to him last night. And this stuck out to me. Joshua's in Austin. It's a hot spot down there. And I asked him, how's it going down there with the COVID-19? And he said, Dad, you don't hear much about that anymore all we hear about now is uh, what happened to Floyd up in Minnesota. Then he laughed. He said, really, what dictates to Austin is what the news media puts out. And then he laughed. And I thought, man, here's a kid that's a kid that realizes how manipulated we are when it doesn't matter what's going on around us, whether it's these things, that we have the power and authority to make all things right in our lives that when we get on our knees and we pray and we seek God and read his word he's going to reveal a mystery that's going to give us the answer to every solution well pastor you're not going through what I'm going through I sense that in my spirit right now it doesn't matter Christ went through it and we need to take power and authority over it and we need to love people and he'll give us a sound mind through all these things he'll give us peace Philippians 4 and 6, do not be anxious about anything but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your request be made known to God. You want peace? Go to God. Take time to pray. Take time to read your word and he will give you a revelation of peace. Verse 7, and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts in your minds in Christ Jesus. I had a pedophile working for me at Freeman years ago. And if you want somebody hated in this world, 
It's usually a pedophile. Nobody usually has any grace for him at all. God can't save him. God can't do anything. They're the worst of the worst. And I always treated this guy well and tried to show him the love of God because I almost hurt with him because he was alienated by everybody. He was tagged. We need to go to Christ with all things. Came out later on that his daughter had lied about everything. Guess what? They still didn't remove it from his record. I don't know why I shared that today. But we can operate in the peace of God no matter what's going on around us. And this guy did. I felt sorry for him because nobody gave him the time of day, but he operated in the peace of God. And people would question me, why are you able to be so nice to him? Because I could get past the sinner and look at the sin. In this case, found out what wasn't anything going on and have peace that God's with us wherever we're at. And we can have healing by his stripes. We are healed, 1 Peter 2.24. God will give us that sound mind, that healing of the mind to be able to look past the crud that's going on in front of us and be able to look at the things that in God's eyes, in Christ's eyes. And so that's how we describe that healing there, that God can heal our minds. He can renew our minds according to Romans 12 too. Something else I want to respond to today, according to this ethnic divide, Again, that answer is Jesus Christ. We can't get our eyes focused on the problem. We need to get our eyes focused on Jesus. And what's the Bible say? But, but we're of the same blood. All people are of the same blood. And we don't get that today, that we're all brothers and sisters in this world. Whether they're saved or under, unsaved, we all come from Adam. God created all of us, Genesis 1, 26 and 27, in the image of God. When we read this scripture here, let us make man in our image after our likeness. That was God speaking to the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Let us make man in the image of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the heavens, and over the livestock, and over all the earth, and over every creepy, creeping, <laughs> creepy and creepy thing upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female, he created them. How many times did he say he created them? I caught at least three times. What did he ask us to have dominion over? Everything but each other. Did you get that? I'm no better than anybody, and nobody's any better than all. All men are created equal. All women are created equal. We're to have domain over everything else. Again, we are all, we all come from the same blood. Acts 17, 26 says, And he made from one man every nation of mankind to live on all the face of the earth, having determined allotted periods and boundaries of their dwelling places. We come from the same blood. 
Thus it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living being. The last Adam became a life-giving spirit, and that was Jesus Christ. Reverend Buckman from Africa said this the other day. The concept of race is not a biblical idea. It is a constructed idea. You won't find the idea of races in the Bible. In Scripture, we are all the race of Adam, one race, one blood. The separations we have created, the racial categories are artificial. They are not real. Racial distinctions are things that we have made up to divide ourselves. But the all-sufficient Word of God says to us, that's a lie, stop believing it. We are all of the same blood. Three, the believer will be exposed to suffering. Verses four, or chapter four, eleven through thirteen, talk about all the things that, that Paul and the disciples were going through. And guys, if you're serious about God, you're gonna go through things. If we're serious about God, Satan's gonna throw all hell against us. If you're serious about God, Satan's going to waste his time on you. If you're not serious about God, he's probably not going to bother you. I could remember a story that when I first got on fire for the Lord, uh, I went through a time that things, man, people were getting saved, and man, I was just on fire that all of a sudden all hell comes against me. And man, I'm going through everything financially, everything that I could think of that was coming against me just was just, it was tearing me up. And guys, I'll be honest. I actually said a prayer to the devil. Isn't that horrible? I was a Christian. And I said, Satan, if you leave me alone, I'll slow down. That's horrible. Things got so tough, I said, Satan, if you leave me alone... I'll, I'll slow down. And no, needless to say, the Holy Spirit come over me and I began to weep. And I repented of my sin that, of doing that, have broken down. And I asked the Holy Spirit to move across me and, and, and the Lord strengthened me. But Satan's going to come after the serious believer. Those that are opposed to sin, those that are opposed to immorality, those that are opposed to Satan, those that are opposed to the world and the injustices of the world, Satan's going to come after you if you make a stand. And he's going to throw all hell at you because you're a threat. But again, if we take our knees, go to our knees and pray to the Lord, or I don't care if you stand up and walk around the room and pray to the Lord and read his word. He's going to give you a revelation of ministry, ministry that will minister to your situation. He's going to encourage you. That day when I fell backwards on my face and, and did that stupid thing, the Holy Spirit still pursued me. God himself by the Holy Spirit pursued me and brought me comfort and brought me through. The picture behind me kind of tickles me. That's Chick-fil-A, and that, that's been going all across Facebook lately. This company is always under attack 
simply because they try to honor God's word. They honor the Sabbath. They don't even work on Sundays and they catch it for that. They catch it for everything. They're always constantly being attacked for standing on the word of God. For standing against sin, immortality, Satan, and the worldly flesh, the injustices. But this latest attack probably tickled me because Satan was dipping to the bottom of the barrel. These shirts that they're sporting there, support the blue, was something they did several years ago. When I first saw that, I thought, boy, that's odd. I can't imagine during this ethnic divide, Chick-fil-A doing that. Or just even, I know they think that, but why would they encourage that? Then I got to investigating that photo, some said 11 years old. See how Satan works? How he manipulates, how he deceives? How that he tries to bring injustices to our lives? By the way, kids, I always talk to you about your texting. We say, oh, pastor, I was just joking when I said that bad thing. Well, it's out on the web forever. Just remember that. Any picture you take, it's out there. Just remember that. And Satan will come back and he'll use the past against us. He'll do whatever it takes to bring us down. But I gave you an example of somebody that that stands, a company that stands for the things of God. But I also remember when I was uh, over the ministerial alliance and we were doing our national day of prayer. And I thought, man, this year I'm going to go to the the businessmen of the community. I'm going to go to the leaders, the ones that that have the biggest businesses in Lamar that I know are believers. And I'm going to ask them to pray this year. The first one I called actually got mad at me, got kind of hateful on the phone that I even asked him or had the audacity to ask him to pray. And I'm thinking, I thought you was a believer. And he refused to pray. Blew my mind. I thought this guy was a pillar in the community. He, he, he says he's a Christian, but he wasn't willing to go in front of the community and pray. In the scripture today, Paul says, I urge you then be imitators of me, meaning Paul. And Paul was saying he's an imitator of Christ. When we're under attack, when we're getting attacked by devil, hell, people, we must remain faithful. We see in the scripture today, when reviled, reviled means subject to verbal abuse, abusive language. We bless, invoke divine care. You just did it. I did that on purpose. I really didn't sneeze. I faked that one, but I did get snot everywhere. It's on camera forever. Just a minute. <laughs> but when somebody speaks ill will to you, you need to be that quick to say, I bless you. That's why I did that. I believe the Holy Spirit showed me to do that today. When somebody's speaking evil against you, you say, but I bless you. 
That simple. And what blessing is, is in what? Is invoking divine care. Whenever you said, bless you, when I sneeze, you're invoking divine care. When we're persecuted, persecuted means to harass or punish in a manner designed to injure, grieve, or afflict. So when we're persecuted, we endure. Endure means remain firm under suffering or misfortune without yielding. So we need to be patient and allow the Holy Spirit to do his thing. When slandered, slandered means the utterance of false charges or misrepresentations which defame and damage another reputation. So when you're slandered, we entreat. Entreat means we always answer gently, ready to reconcile. That's a pretty tough deal there. Can we do these things today? That's our response to suffering. That's our response to these things. But you notice any time when people are under persecution, you're going to see that maybe the time of suffering, but then you're going to see the time that God reveals himself and there's a move of the Holy Spirit. And so I'm not telling us to be going around, oh, poor is me, poor is me. We're, we're praying and, and waiting for that move of the Holy Spirit because of the way we responded. You with me today? The Holy Spirit will bring light to the secret acts of darkness and goodness. And we're coming from 1 Corinthians 4, 5. And guys, there's more stuff in here today, but these are just things that I know that a lot of us, I say it all the time, if people just really, if they just knew the truth, man, if they just knew the truth, or if I just knew the truth, man, I don't know who to believe. Man, I don't know who to believe on COVID. Man, one says don't worry, the other says worry. I don't know what to believe on this ethnic divide. One says witness, one says that. I don't know what to do. So that's why we pray. That's why we seek the Lord. That's why we allow him to reveal mysteries and revelations. Because God will bring light to all acts of secrecy. He'll expose all persons, their true thoughts, their motives, good or bad. And guys, I believe this means now. I believe it also means judgment day. You may be hiding sin in your life, and this is the way you usually hear it preached. Many of us hide sin in our life, and we think it's hidden from everybody. Well, God knows it, and it will be revealed. But in the same way, God knows the good you're doing, and it will be revealed. But I believe when we get on our knees, and we're seeking the Lord, that he will reveal things to us that are good and evil that we need to know answers for. He'll reveal evil hearts. He'll reveal good hearts. <laughs> and I have seen this on Facebook. You see people's hearts on Facebook. 
1 Timothy 5, 24 and 25, the sins of some people are easy to see. They're already being judged. We can see it now sometimes. Others will be judged later. In the same way, good workers are easy to see, or good works are easy to see, but even good works that are hard to see can't stay hidden forever. And that's what I was talking about earlier. I believe the Lord will reveal things now, but for sure later. We see this in the book of 1 Corinthians, for this whole book that we're reading now. The Holy Spirit was revealing to Paul what was going on in the church so that he could minister to them. He was seeing their hearts. He was seeing what's going on in their lives, and, and he was able to minister to them. Why? Because again, he was on his knees. Seeking the Lord, looking at the Word. And the Lord would show him the heart of people, would show him the good or evil that was upon them, and he was able to discern. We will be able to discern how to respond to everything. That's a promise today. Again, as I was talking to Joshua, he just said, so, it's so confusing, Dad. This world is so messed up. His quote was, everyone seems to be so messed up right now, makes me feel all alone. How many of us feel all alone sometimes? This world just, they don't see it like I see it. And I encourage him again to seek the Lord. This is my own son. The Lord will bring light to things now hidden in darkness and will disclose the purpose of the heart. Seek the Lord and he will give you wisdom and knowledge about the truth of all things. Again, if we take that time to seek him. And this is the one I really wanted to spend time on today. Was operate in the power of the Holy Spirit. For the kingdom of God does not consist in talk. But in power. It's time to start, stop talking and stop operating in the power it's time to stop talking about it and doing it. The kingdom of God reveals itself in power. Thus, members of the kingdom must have more than talk and message. They must manifest the power of the Holy Spirit as well. Back to what I said earlier today. I am so ready for the Lord to intervene and make this go away. The Lord will let us decide when the COVID or whatever it is will be over. It's time to stop talking and operate in the power of the Holy Spirit. We talked about earlier, earlier how the power, the blood of, is going through our veins, spiritually and physically. When we accept Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, we're water baptized, we're filled with the Spirit. That power flows through our veins. I've not given you a spirit of fear, but of power. When you look at the Old Testament, the Spirit of the Lord could only come and rest on the people, with the exception of Ezekiel. But you check me out on this, but the Spirit could only go and, and, and rest on some, was the word used in the Old Testament. 
And look at the mighty works that Moses did. Look at the mighty power that Gideon operated in, that David operated in, that Samuel operated in, that Samson operated in. We can go on and on about the power and authority that they operated in when the Spirit just rested on them. A select few. When the Spirit just was on the outside. But the one prophet that that spoke that the Spirit was on the inside was Ezekiel, and he was prophesied about the Holy Ghost, the future. And Ezekiel, the Spirit, was on the inside of him. And I think I wrote them scriptures down in Ezekiel 2, 2. And he spoke to me, the Spirit entered me and set me on my feet, and I heard him speaking to me. He was prophesied about the Holy Spirit, that when we receive him, he enters us and he speaks to us. Ezekiel 3.24, the Spirit of God then entered me and made me stand on my feet and he spoke with me and said to me, do we get it today? Do we get today that the Holy Spirit is given to speak to us, to help us, to reveal good evil in our lives so that we can make good decisions and help people? Other scriptures Ezekiel said about prophesying about the Holy Spirit I'll put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and you will be careful to observe my ordinances. The Holy Spirit was given that we could walk with Jesus. We could talk with Jesus. Ezekiel 37, 14, I'll put my spirit within you and you will come to life and I will place you on your own land and you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken and done it. Man, that's just Ezekiel. But as I said, the Spirit was on the outside of most in the Old Testament. But it's inside of us. When the Holy Spirit was given, it was given for salvation, righteousness, and judgment. When the Holy Spirit comes on us, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. John 16, 7 and 8. The Holy Spirit was given to bring people into salvation. Paul said to open their eyes so that they may turn from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and a place among those who are sanctified by faith in me. We see the disciples that when they were saved, they were 40 days later filled with the Holy Spirit and they began to operate in the power of the Holy Spirit. Paul immediately, or excuse me, Peter immediately began to preach salvation. He immediately began to tell what was going on, what had just happened in Acts chapter 2. The Spirit immediately came into him, and he immediately heard from the Lord, and he immediately began to speak the things of God. Speak the things of God. And 3,000 were saved that day immediately. Think about that. Then it goes on to say daily salvations were added to their number day by day, those who were being saved, verse 47. The second thing Peter did is he was walking to church to pray and he saw somebody in need. The Holy Spirit spoke to him and he said to the guy, he said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have, be healed to rise up and walk. He had the power of the Holy Spirit in his life. You see where I'm going here today? We got to go from talking about it to operating in it. Looking for opportunities to allow the Lord to move in our lives. 
I'll never forget going to Bible college. I'd been saved. I'd been water baptized. And I was filled with the Holy Spirit just before I left to go to Bible college. And man, when I got there, wow. The Spirit moved on my life. I tell you, righteousness. You know, we talk about salvation, righteousness. Man, I didn't even want anything to do with it if I thought it might not, God might not like it. Now, we're, I'm a lot of times, well, let's see. God didn't really say, I can't do this. So I should be okay. When if we even thought it was a hint that we shouldn't be doing it, we don't do it. That's righteousness. Righteousness isn't saying, well, I can push it up to the limits here. I'll just push it this far, but I won't go any further. That isn't righteousness. Righteousness is saying, God, here I am. Man, I got to the point that, that I don't even think tobacco will keep you from heaven. But I was chewing tobacco when I went down there and, and I threw it in the trash can. Because I didn't want a hint of anything unrighteous in my life. And man, the Holy Spirit began to move. I can remember John in prison, a guy that, that, that the Lord allowed me to lead to Christ. And after I led him to Christ, found out that he's being sexually abused by all the inmates and the guards were just allowing it. This guy is a big strapping stud and you would have never thought that anybody could have done that to him. And he said, Kent, you can't hold off 10 people. And that's why I'll never, ever knock Brother Swaggart down. When he found out about that, he spent his own money to see that that guy was looked after through the court system. But that was all revealed by the Holy Spirit. And I'm not giving myself credit, I'm giving the Holy Spirit credit. I remember Kenny Size that was led to Jesus Christ that had murdered a cop is why he was in there. I remember going to Tiger Town and a drunk man coming up with a gun and he was carried around. Everybody was running from him and we went up and started talking to him, ministered to him and laid hands on him, anointed him with oil and he was healed immediately of drunkenness and we were able to, to, to again lead him to Christ. I can go on a story after story after story that the Lord put a gal on my mind. A person come in and said, this is my friend and she's not saved. And I went back to the room. The Lord began to just speak into me and I wrote a letter to this girl that I didn't even know by the direction of the Holy Spirit, gave it to her friend. She sent it to the gal. The gal got saved, water baptized, filled with the Holy Spirit. It was within, in college within six months, the same college that I was at. From a letter. Again, I'm giving Lord glory. What I'm trying to say is here today, guys, is that talking or stop talking about it, start operating in the power, is when we all we breathe for is leading somebody to Jesus Christ. You want a revival in Oakton? Then lead somebody to Jesus Christ. You want somebody to, 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 to see a move of the Holy Spirit? Man, we should be looking at every opportunity to lead somebody to Christ. Everything we do, wherever we go, we should be looking at opportunities to lead somebody to Christ, to reveal the kingdom of God. And when we get that way, that's when we will see revival. That's why I love one camp. Because I can minister to these kids 
But I also love it because when I go to the pool or different places, I talk with the people there and I get to know them. And I'm trying to lead them to Christ. And that's what keeps me going. And that's what, that's revival. I think of Oakton when, whenever, 20 some years ago, or whenever it was, that you guys decided to get serious about the Lord and quit talking about it. And this church grew from whatever it was to over 500. Why? Because we were in revival. People were getting saved. People were getting water baptized and people were getting filled with the Holy Spirit. That is revival. There is no need, no need amongst them. We see in Acts chapter 2, Peter preached to the people. They were saved, water baptized, filled with the Holy Spirit, and great numbers came into the church. That's revival. I always hear, Pastor, I want revival. You can in your own life, and I wish you would, because somebody else will catch fire from it. <coughs> we need revival, not riots. And I want you to flip that picture up that you just had up there first. If you guys look in the background, on, can you go back one? There you go. You see the building in the background? That's where Mr. Floyd was killed, that intersection. And that's a picture of a, a demonstration, and I don't know whether it went bad or good. I don't know. But I wanted to show you that picture. Now go to the next slide. See that building in the background? Same building. See the stoplights? Same stoplights. CBN reported, born again by the power of Jesus, dozens of people saved, healed at the intersection where Floyd was killed. People are getting baptized there when we respond with revival and not riots. When we respond with Jesus and apply Jesus, that's the key. If you go on and read this, you can tap on some other articles, and I don't know how, to, I think these are legitimate, but this is a text that was sent. Baptism happening right now in Minneapolis, right at the corner of where George Floyd was killed. Another text, just got a text that a deaf ear was just opened by the power of Jesus. Praise God. You want to move the Holy Spirit in your life, in this church, then lead someone to Christ. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Quit talking about it and doing it. Let's do it. The solution for riots is revival. We just saw proof of that. The solution for COVID-19 is revival. The solution for anything that you're going through is revival of the Holy Ghost in your life. And the way we get to it is by being saved, water baptized, filled with the Holy Spirit, seeking Him with all that we are, reading His Word with all that we are, perfectionist in righteousness, perfecting righteousness, and we'll receive revelations and mysteries to know what to do and we're going to experience revival. 
So the altar call today is you want a move of God in your life? You want revival? Are you saved? Salvation? Are you water baptized? Have you been filled with the Holy Spirit? Are you living for righteousness? God, if, if there's even a, a, I don't even want it to be a hint of unrighteousness in my life. When somebody comes against me, I want to respond the way you do. When I'm verbally abused, Lord, help me to bless them. Father, when I'm persecuted, help me to remain firm and unswerving. Father, when I'm slandered and people are saying untruths about me, let me always answer answer gently, ready to reconcile. Walking in righteousness. And I challenge you to make it a goal that you're looking for every opportunity to lead somebody to Christ or to disciple somebody or to just love somebody. Amen? stand to our feet today I'm going to ask the praise team that they sing these altars are open and it's like I said earlier I believe the Lord really put it on my heart whatever you're going through will be over when you make a decision it'll be over and allow God to bring you through it amen